Hey, just a heads up, there are some graphic descriptions of sexual violence and war in this episode, so please take care while listening. All right, here's the show. Last year, we talked about how Hamas allegedly weaponized rape and sexual violence on October 7th. Our team commander saw several female soldiers who were shot in the crotch, intimate parts, vagina, or shot in a breast. This seemed to be a systematic genital mutilation of a group of victims. Now, Hamas has strongly denied its fighters committed sexual violence, but advocates say the evidence is overwhelming. Well, now experts at the office of the UN Commissioner for Human Rights are calling for an investigation into how Israeli forces are allegedly trading Palestinian women and girls in Gaza and the West Bank. Its statement Monday detailed claims of arbitrary detention of hundreds of Palestinian women and girls, withholding of menstruation pads, humiliating strip searches, multiple forms of sexual assault. It says on at least one occasion, women were allegedly kept in a cage outside in the rain without food. Now, CNN cannot verify these allegations, and Israel has furiously denied them. The Israel Defense Forces says it acts within international law and can't examine the individual cases without precise details and proof. Israel's mission to the UN called the claims despicable and unfounded. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's office pointed to the Israeli statement, which says Israel remains ready to investigate any concrete claims of misconduct. For many, though, this is just another example of how Israel's response in Gaza has gone too far. And lately, we've been seeing signs that the U.S. is more willing to join in those calls, up until a point. If the U.S. resolution was to pass, the language in it is still soft enough for Israel to feel that it still has a diplomatic pass to continue with its military offensive, because it doesn't say, the U.S. proposition doesn't say, absolutely, on categorically, no offensive into Rafa. It merely says the current conditions aren't right. From CNN, this is Tug of War. I'm David Rind. CNN's international diplomatic editor, Nick Robertson, is back with us from Tel Aviv. Nick, in the last few days, we've been hearing about this operation at Gaza's largest functioning hospital. What do we know about what's been happening there? The IDF went in there late last week uh, with troops. They filtered the people inside the hospital, the displaced people, the doctors. Uh, the IDF say that they arrested over 100 terror suspects. They were asking by microphone to evacuate the hospital immediately. Immediately, they were asking us to evacuate the hospital. I, I used to walk Now, doctors who were there say that some of the younger staff were forced to strip to their underwear mm. in the outside, uh, in the freezing cold, while they were asked questions. One doctor even said that he heard one of his colleague doctors being taken away and could hear sounds of him screaming from what he thought was beating. They took my nerves, they forced him, they forced him to talk off all his clothes in front of all people. And when they took him inside, I heard him. He was screaming from the pain. They used to beat him. 
Now, the IDF say they found medicines uh, there that had been addressed to some of the hostages mm. undelivered. The IDF appears to have made the Anasa Hospital its base and for several days held the WHO, the World Health Organization, back from getting into the hospital. They had a two-truck convoy of food and fuel. The WHO has now been able to uh, perform two evacuations of people in the critical care unit, including people on dialysis. But the situation is now that the Anasa hospital is not functioning as a hospital. It is now effectively a military base. And Hamas has denied that it's operated out of this hospital, but you're saying that the IDF claims anyways that they found medication intended for hostages there. That's right. A, a few weeks ago, uh, the Israeli government, through the Qatari mediators, negotiated with Hamas to allow the delivery of much-needed medicines to some of the elderly and sick hostages. This is the first indication, it appears, that that medicine didn't get through to the intended recipients. Mm. We don't know if that's because Hamas received it and refused to deliver it, or it simply arrived at the hospital and for any other number of reasons didn't get moved on to, to the hostages. Mm. So that hospital is in Kanyunis, and further south of Kanyunis is Rafa, where over a million Palestinians are bracing for this possible ground offensive that we've been talking about. Do we have any idea of when that is actually going to happen? There's a timeline now. Uh, Benny Gantz, one of Prime Minister Netanyahu's war cabinet members, said that if the hostages are not handed over to Israel by the beginning of Ramadan, which is expected to be around the 10th or 11th of March, mm. then that ground offensive uh, into Rafa would go ahead. And of course, the United States position is really clear. Um, you cannot do it. It won't have US support unless the civilians are evacuated and made safe from the military operation. So Israel obviously wants all the hostages back, but then I guess the question would be, why don't they agree to a deal with Hamas to facilitate that, and then you don't have to go in with all this firepower? Right now, the Israeli government is exerting maximum pressure, strong pressure, uh, they say, on Hamas, for Hamas to... Uh, give in to Israel's uh, demands about what it should take for hostages to be released. Hamas wants a permanent ceasefire, and the Israeli government is, is saying they're not prepared to do that, and it, and it believes it has the upper hand and can force Hamas to concede to, to Israel's demands. We know that a top Hamas negotiator, Ismail Haniya, has recently, in the last few hours, arrived in Cairo. Mm. That would signal, perhaps, that Hamas is ready to engage with the Egyptian and potentially Qatari interlocutors to further discuss Israel's proposition. I'll be back with Nick Robertson in just a bit. This podcast is supported by Sleep Number. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores? Sleep Number does that. Only Sleep Number Smart Beds let you each choose your ideal comfort and support. Your Sleep Number setting. Sleep Number Smart Beds learn how you sleep and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. All Sleep Number smart beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. 
Temperature balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. We're back with Tug of War. I'm speaking with CNN's Nick Robertson. So what is the U.S.'s stance here on all of this? Because there has been a lot of activity at the United Nations over the last couple of days in relation to this. Can you explain like what's going on there? Yeah, so uh, Algeria was proposing a resolution that would uh, call for an immediate ceasefire. That has not been successful. 13 votes for one abstention, and the United States vetoed it. Of course, we want this deal to happen as soon as possible as is shown by our exhaustive efforts. But sometimes hard diplomacy takes more time than any of us might like. The United States has put forward a proposal that calls for a temporary uh, ceasefire at a time that is suitable. And that is why you've heard me say over and over again, any action this council takes right now should help, not hinder these sensitive and ongoing negotiations. And we believe that the resolution on the table right now would, in fact, negatively impact those negotiations. So, in essence, it buys the Israeli government more time, but part of the U.S. resolution says that Israel cannot go into Rafah militarily under the current conditions because it could cause death, it could cause people to flee over the border to Egypt, mm. and that, the United States says, would make the regional uh, security situation much more precarious. Colleagues, this is not, as some members have claimed, an American effort to cover for an imminent ground incursion. Rather, it is a sincere statement of our concern for the 1.5 million civilians who've sought refuge in Rafah. Is that a big deal, though, for the U.S. to even include the word ceasefire in that resolution? Because they have been so hesitant up until this point. But I, I feel like we started to see a little movement in that direction. You know, Biden saying that Israel's response has been over the top. So what do we make of those those specific languages? There is a real growing international uh, pressure that there should be an immediate ceasefire and by the United States suggesting that there should be a, a temporary ceasefire at a moment not to be determined yet, but in the not too distant future, suggests that the United States is feeling the pressure of all of its allies and is putting that pressure on Prime Minister Netanyahu. When it comes to the UN and these resolutions, do any of them actually like mean anything? Because say that Algeria resolution you talked about actually passed, would Israel actually listen to it? Like, how does that work? Um, there would be pressure uh, then on Israel that it would really ratchet up the level of, of, of diplomatic pressure. It could lead to sanctions. If, if Israel didn't go along, it would certainly put more pressure on the United States to circumscribe the use of some of the weapon systems that it's supplying Israel to continue the fight in Gaza. So it, the picture would look different. If that UN Security Council resolution had passed, the one Algeria proposed, the situation would look different. Mm. Um, it wouldn't change it immediately, 
but it would just add to that growing pressure. In essence, what the United States has done is actually buy Israel a little bit more time. I guess I'm trying to figure out how far the U.S. would have to go in their language and in their actions for Israel to actually respond, because so far it just seems that they are going on their path more or less unobstructed here. If the U.S. resolution was to pass, the language in it is still soft enough for Israel to feel that it still has a diplomatic pass to continue with its military offensive, because it doesn't say, the U.S. proposition doesn't say, absolutely on categorically no offensive into Rafa. It merely says the current conditions aren't right. So change the current conditions and Israel can go ahead. And Israel's position is anything that stops us short of going after full victory over Hamas is actually handing victory to Hamas because they get to survive. And Israel says if they don't go into Rafa, then, then Hamas survives and that's victory for Hamas. Mm. It just goes to show how much those specific words matter in, in this grand scheme of things. Uh, Nick, thank you. Thank you. Tug of War is a production of CNN Audio. This episode was produced by Paolo Ortiz and me, David Rind. Our senior producer is Haley Thomas. Dan DeZula is our technical director, and Steve Liktai is the executive producer of CNN Audio. We get support from Alex Manasseri, Robert Mathers, John Dionora, Lenny Steinhardt, Jameis Andres, Nicole Passeru, and Lisa Namorau. Special thanks to Caroline Patterson and Katie Hinman. We'll be back on Friday. I'll talk to you then. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.